Section twenty five of Italy, France, Spain, and Portugal. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Thomas Peter. The World Story, Volume five Italy, France, Spain, and Portugal. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section twenty five Giotto and his O. 1276-1336, by Clara Erskine Clement. One of the titles that is given to Cimabue is that of the father of painting, and this may well be said of him when we remember that it was Cimabue who found Giotto, and acted the part of a father to the boy who was to be such a wonderful painter. The story is that when Cimabue was quite old and very famous, he was riding in the valley of Vespignano, a few miles from Florence, and saw a shepherd-boy, who, while his flocks were feeding, was making a portrait of one of his sheep on a bit of slate with a pointed stone. Cimabue looked at the sketch, and found it so good that he offered to take the little Giotto, who was only twelve years old, and teach him to paint. And the boy was very happy, and his father, whose name was Bondone, was glad of this good fortune for his son. So Giotto de Bondone lived thenceforth with the noble Cimabue, and was instructed in letters by Brunetto Latini, who was also the teacher of the great poet Dante, while his art studies were made under his adopted father, Cimabue. In the first picture by Giotto, of which we have any account, he introduced the portraits of Dante and his teacher Latini, with several others. In later times, when Dante was persecuted by his enemies in Florence, this picture was covered with whitewash, and was only restored to the light in 1841, after centuries of concealment. It is a precious memento of the youth of two men of great genius, Dante and Giotto. Pope Boniface Eighth, hearing in Rome of Giotto's paintings, sent to invite him to his court. The messenger of the Pope asked Giotto to show him something of the art which had made him so famous, and Giotto taking a sheet of paper and a pencil, drew quickly with a single motion a circle so perfect that it was considered a miracle, and gave rise to a proverb which the Italians still love to use, Piotondo che lo di Giotto, rounder than the O of Giotto. When in Rome the artist executed both mosaics and paintings for the Pope, and by the time that he was thirty years old, the dukes, princes, and kings, far and near, contended for his time and labours. When at Naples, in the employ of King Robert, one very hot day the king said, Giotto, if I were you, I would leave work and rest. So would I, sire, if I were you, said Giotto. When the same king asked him to paint a picture of his kingdom, Giotto drew an ass bearing a saddle, on which were a crown and sceptre, on the ground beside the ass was another saddle, with a very new, bright crown and sceptre, which the ass was eagerly smelling. This was to signify that the Neapolitans were so fickle that they were always searching for a new king. Giotto was a great architect as well as a great painter, for he it was who made all the designs, and even some of the working models for the beautiful bell-tower or campanile of Florence, near the cathedral and baptistry. When the Emperor Charles V saw this tower, he exclaimed, It should be kept under glass. A citizen of Verona, 
who was in Florence while this tower of Giotto's was building, exclaimed that the riches of two kingdoms would not suffice for such a work. This speech being overheard, he was thrown into prison and kept there several weeks, and was not permitted to leave the city until he had been taken to the treasury and convinced that the Florentines could afford to build a whole city of marble. Giotto died in 1336, and was buried in the church of Santa Maria del Fiore with great honors, and Lorenzo de' Medici afterward erected a monument to him. End of section 25 This recording is in the public domain.